just gotta change it up every now and again like this, because then every time we start the podcast, it's a little bit of like a pleasant surprise to get the groove going. It feels nice. My name's Harrison, by the way. Good to be with you guys. I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, and I was about to ask you what was the occasion for the musical intro change. You just gotta just switch it up every now and again. It's just like rearranging the furniture in the room. You gotta get a new vibe going, you know? So we're just getting a, we're just getting our vibe. And uh, man, it's good to be here with you guys again. This is, believe it or not, episode 68. We are, uh, we've been trucking on this thing for a while. It's been a cool journey with you guys. We wanted to uh, go to part two, as promised, this week. Mike, what are we going to hear about today? We're going to talk about why I want to be left behind when it comes to talk of the rapture. We're, we ended our Bible in a year series with a uh, sermon on the book of Revelation, which raises questions of eschatology and end times. And so, um, so we'll, we'll finish that subject off of, we'll deal with the two verses that uh, occasion talk about a rapture, and one from Jesus, one from Paul, and we'll break those down. Wonderful. Well, before we get to that, we don't have much we're going to get right to it today, but the, the only major thing on our radar that we wanted to just bring you guys in on is to let you know how excited we are for our Christmas Eve services this year and to invite you to them. We have this year, uh, without giving away too much, we're going to have a ridiculous light show. Uh, <laughs> we're, we are. Uh, it's looking like there will be something that we are, uh, we are going to call LFC Radio Live. And I'm uh, currently looking for an accordion. Those are all things that are happening that are related to Christmas Eve at the moment. They're all happening. <laughs> the light show started with, what, what if, what if uh, the Lake Forest Christmas Eve service were like that house in your neighborhood that everybody's like, oh, you got to drive by there and turn on your radio and sync it up with That's what's r- going on. Exactly. So the, the bottom line of all of that is that Christmas Eve uh, and Easter are two times of year that we we really want to make sure that on our end we're bringing our best stuff from the teaching to the music to other elements in the service. And the only reason for that is so that you guys, our church, can feel like uh, it can you can have a confidence that this is a place you can invite you're one more person and it's going to be good and it's not going to be embarrassing and we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring our best stuff on that day. My dad jokes can be a little embarrassing. There may be parts that are embarrassing for Christmas Eve, but it won't be Um, for lack of effort. Harrison, I'm at my, uh, I'm at my best as a servant of Christ and I'm at my best as a uh, teacher of God's word. When I go away, um, once a month for several days of prayer and study. And I did that last week and I had a couple of, uh, as I engaged with the Christmas scriptures that, uh, and began uh, writing ideas for a Christmas Eve message, um, I had a couple of n- new thoughts. Hmm. Um, not <laughs> Scripture's not new, but, but these two that, that I think will be um, a couple of places that I dig into Christmas Eve. One is that the shepherds had a spiritual experience. We're in a culture of people who it's actually uh, normal to talk about spiritual experiences um, of all sorts. 
And they followed the spiritual. They didn't allow it to be a vague, cool spiritual high. They followed it to mm. the source of spirituality, Jesus. And then my other thought was the magi, the wise men, they, um, they experienced the spiritual in the natural, uh, their observation of the stars. Mm. And they allowed the spiritual in the natural to take them on to examine the supernatural and this child being born promised a king. Uh, those were um, really fruitful uh, ways for me to think about those two uh, groups of people hmm. that I want to apply to uh, us and our friends on Christmas Eve. Well, I'm excited to hear that on Christmas Eve. And we just want uh, we want to invite you. And more than that, we want you to uh, to feel feel good about inviting somebody that you know, uh, family, friend, one more person, someone on your your kids' team, uh, someone uh, you know that you that you see at work, that your friend, whoever it is, whoever that that one more person may be for you. What we did on purpose, uh, Mike, here as we were thinking about Christmas Eve is we scheduled ourselves to have five Christmas Eve services. And one of the main reasons for that was so that we have options that we know are absolutely not going to be slam packed in this room. None of them may be slam packed. It's not like that right now, but we, just so you hear that, um, we have one service on Christmas Eve, Eve on the 23rd. That'll probably be a little more lightly attended and our, we have four on actual Christmas Eve, and the first and last ones of those, the ones at 1 o'clock and 6, those are probably a little lighter also. So we just yeah. want to let you know if that is something right now where it's been something that, that has been a hesitation of getting back, uh, we are still doing everything we can to yes. try and keep things safe. And there are specifically services that make that easier. If it's yes. nice out, to you can sit you out. make that decision. And if yes. it's nice out for all those services also, we're going to have the – pergola area open mm-hmm. outside for people mm-hmm. to sit people have been taking you've seen a ton yeah. of that you yeah. walk out there every yeah. week right that was fun. Yeah. How, how how's that area still been going out there for people attending church uh, i wasn't there last week uh the, the two weeks before it, it dipped down really cold yeah <laughs> um and uh those folks were either out of town or or made a different decision that makes sense they probably came inside uh here on campus um last week was warmer and so more folks out there so yes it's a great environment it's a great vibe um we'll look forward to it uh so why i want to be left behind there's uh the idea of the rapture came to be this fixation in american church culture i could say in the 1970s especially if you're much younger than Harrison it'll sound foreign to you that there were all like best-selling books across America and the world were the late great planet earth uh left behind I think that title was used Mm -hmm. then for the first time and it was well it was a an interpretation of the book not only the book of revelation but Jesus and Paul's all the biblical teachings on end times centered around um the rapture this thing called as the rapture and uh, a belief that one day all Christians will suddenly vanish disappearing from the earth to go be with God while the world they left behind plunges into apocalyptic destruction um 
that now that view of the rapture is consistent only with the pre, we talked about last week mm-hmm. the premillennial uh, view of end times. We won't go back into all that. Which and that that viewpoint is very well represented in the series of popular books that became movies called the Left Behind series. That's that's pretty much the central point of the plot of those yes. stories. And they're entertaining and in some ways they have a good moral to them and such. Uh books like that. But is the this conception of the rapture that Christians will be lifted up uh into the air with Jesus, they'll leave this world and it'll be left into chaos and destruction after a rapture. Um no, I do not think that concept is biblical. Now, caveat those who do interpret Scripture to see this rapture event, uh, we equally hold to the authority of God's Word, and so this is not an essential issue. Uh, but at the very end, I, I will say why I do think it's an important one, okay. because of the way it's the implications of the rapture movement and the way it's been used. Um, and so I, I actually want to say this conception of the rapture, we go all up in the air, Christians go meet Jesus and taken away to heaven, um, is not only um, a bit off, I, it's actually upside down and backwards. Hmm. And so let me tell you a couple of reasons why when Jesus returns, I want to be left behind. And I think you might too. Now, here's an interesting thing, Harrison. I bet you don't know this. This idea of the rapture and un- under the phrase the rapture is new to the Christian scene. It arose only in the late 1800s hmm. when a 15-year-old Scottish girl claimed to have it revealed to her in a vision. Her vision was, this, was then picked up and popularized by the uh, British preacher, Bible teacher, Darby, last name Darby. Um, and he popularized it as he traveled throughout America. He was uh, the a Darby Bible was published. Darbyism became what uh, is what became known as the school of theology called dispensationalism. Hmm, yep. It only started in the 1800s. Didn't I'm not going to I'm not going to detail that out. Hmm. But it, it's not that Darby was some gullible guy and and believed this girl's vision and and maybe her vision was you know from God. It was that the system of the way to view Scripture through seven distinct dispensations, um, this idea of a rapture helped him uh, make a case for how his type of theology, dispensationalism, uh, fit, uh, where it fit in the book of Revelation and how it jived with Jesus' teachings. But it had not been taught before. Dispensationalism by Dispensationalism, by the way, if you grew up in a church like I did, where your pastors were educated at Dallas Theological Seminary, you would have likely been a dispensational church. Um, uh, If you had a Ryrie study Bible in your house or a Schofield study Bible, those those were super popular middle of the 20th century, and they even further popularized, popularized dispensationalism, but also this idea of a rapture. So, interesting, this is a suspiciously short track record for a major doctrine. We're not talking about how we understand the ethics, but a doctrinal matter uh, of nearly 2,000 years of Christian theology. 
Um, so that's just a point that um, is not in its favor uh, regarding biblical theology, in my view. Does it have biblical support, however? It points to two passages, and let's get to the, the name left behind comes from the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, when he says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Hmm. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. That's where left behind comes from. Seems pretty straightforward. The Son of Man shows up. It says, at the coming of the Son of Man, some are taken, some are left behind. What does Jesus mean? By one is taken, one is left. Well, this passage on Jesus, um, often we should do a series sometimes, sometime, Harrison, on Jesus' teachings on end times. Because hmm. he actually has several quite extended teachings on it, which guys like me tend to neglect. We look at the stories and encounters of Jesus that show his grace and mercy. We look at his teachings, the Sermons on the Mount. But I can't say that I have ever focused a sermon. I, I'm a little derelict there. Um, so maybe when we do our, re- our Revelation series in the next year or so, maybe we should add some weeks for um, Jesus' teachings there. Hmm. Um, but this passage comes halfway through a long section of Jesus' teaching on the end. Um, and, and so in the first half of this teaching on the end of things, Jesus is responding to the disciples. He's responding to two questions. He, he responds to their first question in Matthew 24, verse 3, and he's talking about the end of Jerusalem. He's like, I'll hear this, this, and this, and then the end of Jerusalem, which actually happened. In AD and and in fact, Jesus says in verse thirty four of that chapter, these at the end of that section, all these things will happen within a generation. So he's very clear hmm. that that is about Jerusalem. But then they asked him a second question about the day and hour of Jesus' return, or of the final day or the great day, as the, the Hebrew prophets referred to it. And so then, then Jesus gives this section that I just read. And, uh, and now I'll give you a little bit of the whole thing, how it's structured. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So the analogy is direct. Noah to second coming of Jesus. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Um, That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one taken, the other left. So here's the the construction of this, of what Jesus is doing, the comparison. Um, uh, He mentions the, the time. So it's the time of Noah and then the time of the second coming of the Son of Man. He mentions the activity of the people. In Noah's day, lots of sin happening. Sin was spreading. And in this day, he just mentions normal activity. Uh, In the field or grinding grain. Um, And then there's judgment and separation happens. And then he shows how it'll be. 
the key question that biblical scholars ask here is at the time of Noah, who was taken away and who was left? Hmm. Who was taken away? The taken away was everyone except Noah. Except Noah. The, That's right. The, the, the family. Um, so at the coming of, it says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Hmm. So at the com- coming of the Son of Man, if it's analogous, who will be taken, Harrison? <laughs> yep. I'm asking yeah, you the sure. almost rhetorical question, and who will be left? And hmm. again, it's a the coming of Jesus is something we as believers celebrate, but it also will be the same as Judgment Day. And so it is it is it is glorious newness, but it is also judgment and separation. Uh, and so the, the, those judged will be uh, taken, and those uh, glorified with Christ will be left. Therefore, I want to be left behind, Harrison. That sounds like a good plan based on what you just said. <laughs> huh. Um, interestingly, the, uh, the Tyndale comment. Uh, uh, now I'm geeking out a minute. The, the Tyndale commentaries. Um, by the way, when people ask me, um, I just had someone a couple weeks ago, Mike, um, I'm jonesing in my women's oasis group, Bible study this semester, and I would like to get for myself a set of commentaries on the Bible so that I can always do this, this next level study of Scripture. What do you recommend? And the series that I generally recommend is the Tyndale uh, commentaries. I think they're still published by InterVarsity Press. That's what I first built my started building my little commentary library with before I went to seminary because they're 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 relatively brief. They are accessible. They, they uh, uh, someone who knows the biblical languages like me. They give me a lot and and uh, that I can take in, and they give the uh, the general reader of the Bible a lot. It's very understandable while being concise. And it's sort of center cut uh, uh, those who hold to the uh, infallibility of Scripture theology. It's not getting off on one trail or another. So you can trust it. And it's from great biblical scholars of the generation before us. Um, So that's the, and they're affordable, by the way. I left that part out. They're paperback and um, they're, they're getting a little old now. But so I just saw this uh, this morning, just kind of dusting up for this podcast, uh, dusting off a few of my notes. Uh, I learned something new, actually, that um, the original Tyndale commentary written in 1985 um, uh, actually said that the taken, that one will be taken, one will be left, that uh, could mean taken to safety. Hmm as a possible interpretation, which would allow for the, oh, the, the one who's taken is actually taken to safety by Jesus. But he went back, and uh, in a, uh, a new, the newer editions of the Tyndale Commentary, corrected himself based on scholarship that said, no, 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 that's, that's not correct, and said, no, no, it's, uh, it, it is when the flood swept away, the unprepared took them away. That's what this means here, the ones taken. Um, so that's just an interesting little piece for the center-cut evangelical um, commentary changed to uh, at, disallow, actually, a rapture type of interpretation of this verse. Hmm. Um, so, which, yeah. is, which is from Jesus' own words, too. 
Which is what? Which is from it, Jesus' own, own words, words too, yes. which is really interesting. Yes. Um, so um, that's the first passage. The second passage that is used most often, um, so that's why I want to be left behind, number one. Why I want to be left behind, number two, number two, is uh, when Paul in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17, and the Apostle Paul is comforting people who've lost loved ones, and he's assuring them of the hope of resurrection. Uh, and he talks about when Jesus will return. And a trumpet will sound, and then here's First Thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen. The dead will rise in Christ. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Starting in the eighteen hundreds, that verse they can for the first time. Someone connected the, uh, a misconception of Jesus' teaching of who will be left and who will be taken in, in Matthew and connected it with this and said, oh, um, this, that's, this is the rapture caught up. And, and the, the word rapture is, uh, is just a, a form. It's from the, the original Greek word of caught up uh, with him, that we are left will be caught up with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And, uh, and that's where that phrase comes from. But if the rapture is such a recent theological invention, how is this passage historically understood? And is that really the, is, uh, how to understand it? Well, um, and many of you have heard me teach on this passage before. Actually, if you go look this up anywhere except for a uh, dispensationalist work, You'll see that this word that means uh, uh, to meet the Lord uh, and caught up to meet him, um, in the ancient, it, it, this word is used frequently in the, in the language of the time, in Greek, Greco-Roman Empire. In the ancient Roman Empire, when the emperor came to visit a city uh, or a general was returning from victory to come back to Rome, just imagine that mm -hmm. in a Gladiator movie. Yep. When Maximus comes back from victory over the Germanic tribes, um, what happens is the emperor and other dignitaries would go out, unlike in the movie Gladiator, yeah. the, the emperor didn't, uh, would go out and meet him and join this parade and then uh, welcome in a triumph, triumphal procession into Rome, and so th this picture is that um, when Christ returns, the dead in Christ will rise. Those of us who are in Christ and alive at the time will go out to meet Him in the air, euphemistically saying, and then receive Him in His victory procession when He uh, doesn't take us to some disembodied heaven. But at that moment is when the resurrection happens. That moment is when judgment happens. That moment is when now Jesus inaugurates the new heavens and the new earth on a renewed earth. It's not a retreat to a, a purely spiritual environment. It, it's right. It's that the earth has been under siege. The victory was won at the cross. But is but is it's already won, but not yet a hundred percent realized. 
Uh, the, so the, the, the earth is still under siege from the power of sin, destruction, and death. But Jesus, the good emperor, returns to liberate his city to deliver God's, God's world from the dark powers that now hold sway. And so when Jesus comes down from heaven in verse 16, his loyal followers go out to meet him in the air, not to stay floating in an ethereal sky space like birds, but to join his victorious procession to, to judge evil and liberate the world. And so Jesus is not coming to whisk us out of the earth into heaven, but to establish God's just and righteous kingdom on earth as in heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. And so left behind um, gets it absolutely upside down. Um, our redemptive hope is oriented not away from this earth, but towards it. We would want to be with him. Uh, so um, uh, I guess our hope is ultimately in Jesus' redemptive remaking of this world into the new heavens and the new earth, not in escaping this world um, and leaving it to just be horrifying for everyone else for some period of time. And and this takes me to the end of this discussion. Um, uh, when I was in youth group back in the 70s and early 80s, um, the, the, this first little little uh, B-grade, C-grade movie called Left Behind, and, and the, some of our listeners who grew up in any kind of an evangelical youth group probably saw this with me. I know Tracy Grubbs and I have talked about it. Probably in the same year, both of our, I remember we went to some other church on a Sunday night, and we saw the Left Behind movie. Uh, and the, I, the overwhelming feeling of that film I assume it was designed to provoke this because all of us felt it was fear. Yeah. Uh, it also provoked an us versus them. Um, mm. Like, save myself an escapist hope that I will get beamed up, Scotty, out of this world and then let it go to pot. Mm. And that's, man, that's going to suck for a lot of people and the world. Um, but. <clears throat> So, I would say the worst of a rapture theology that is innovationist in biblical theological terms, the worst of it is when it is used in any way to further an us versus them and an irresponsibility toward conditions in this world today, um, and, an inter- and a lack of responsibility for Christians to actually be about uh, kingdom activity that is showing billboards and signposts and smells like the coming kingdom that Jesus will come and inaugurate in full one day. Yeah, and I and I I totally get where you're coming from there, Mike. Because I think by nature, whether you want it to or not, I think that thinking can just seep into your worldview. You know what it reminds me of? It's kind of like uh, the difference between. Uh, renting a house and owning one. It's like you're renting it and I know I'm not going to be here very long. I'm not sure I'm going to really take the time to like (laughs) do the little things. I'm not going to paint the baseboards and I'm not going to fix the blinds. But when, when you're like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere and this is my place and my work is to do this here, man. You, you, you care about 
all the things, I feel like it just trickles down. That that makes a lot of sense to That's me. That's well said, because our hope is not escapist or fear-based for our own self-preservation. Our hope is to is to be courageously loving, sacrificially suffering, acting redemptively hopeful for this world. Because God's mission is not to get us out of earth and into heaven or hell, but to redeem earth from the destructive power of sin, death, and hell. And his invitation is to be a part of what he's doing and to be a part, and I have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, so we will participate with him when he makes all things new on that great day when he returns, and I want to be left behind in the new heavens and the new earth (laughs) with the conquering, returning hero. That sounds good. And with that, I think we can safely finally put a bookmark uh, an ending an ending close of the book for now on the whole bible okay. in a whole year let's do that that boom although we're going to pick up revelation again next year and we're in the bible all the time but as far as the whole bible in a whole <laughs> year are. boom it was awesome doing it with you guys shakalaka <laughs> see you guys next time